it's a bit heavy-handed. It's like, well, Matthew McConaughey's parts are a little heavy-handed. Like, it's a bit dramatic. It's <laughs> right. just like slow-mo walking, like talking. Like, I was just like, okay, I get it. Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof, now we're lowering the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, Welcome to the Whiskey Topic, the weekly podcast that tends to get off topic. My name is Mark Bylock. I'm the author of The Whiskey Cabinet, and my co-host is Jamie Johnson, who runs a private but approachable bourbon club here in Toronto, Canada. You can also find our podcast on the website whiskey.buzz. Welcome to episode 68 of The Whiskey Topic. Um, this week's topics are going to include uh, my time at Tales of the Cocktail, and yeah, yeah and uh, the Diageo firing all their education people. Yikes. Yeah, it's a big, big topic online. Um, very controversial. I know, I know. People are very mad about that. I mean, it's actually like, you know, my, uh, my Facebook uh, feed largely, like the bartenders, the people that are part of that program, and, uh, you know, friends of the program were really upset. Uh, so we'll go into a little bit of uh, detail on that. Um, but first, we have some ratings to follow up on. Great. <laughs> I love the theme of both these ratings, Jamie. You know what's oh, coming now. I know. I know. I know what's coming. I know. <sighs> I'm really looking forward to it. It's really great to get ratings anyways. So I guess like I should be a little more grateful, even though I know what's what's happening. But so thank you. First, I'm, first off, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you for the ratings. It's very nice. Everyone's very kind. But also, they want us to do a bad shot. Yeah. And that's, just... <laughs> that's sort of behind the whole thing. So I can't ignore the fact that like there's a little bit of like needling going on. Just a little bit. Um, just a little bit. It started with Fireball Fan. <laughs> that That's actually their I wonder iTunes. how that's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, this one's not going to go well. Um, and I'll read this. I used to think whiskey was only good when it was mixed with honey or cinnamon. This podcast has shown me I was mostly wrong. Mostly. Thank you, Mark and Jamie, for opening my mind and mouth. Oh, boy. <laughs> Word choice. Although my friends now think I'm an alcoholic. Oh, boy. Do a shot of flavored whiskey in my honor. Uh, all right. Uh, and and, so, and the second rating. Oh, my gosh. From now, now I, read, I read this rating to Jamie before, and she was like, oh, that's a really nice rating until the last sentence. <laughs> yeah. I will read all of it, but uh, thank oh, you God. to Brody JW said, hey, Mark and Jamie, love the podcast each week. Uh, got into to whiskey two years ago, felt intimidated, uh, but you know, started following you guys and Scott's Trooper, and you're both hilarious and I look forward to listening some more. Love, love the comments, and he finishes off with bring on the gross shots. So... So, started out promising. Yeah. But yeah. Are we sure this fireball fan isn't one of our friends who's just being mean? I I mean it's possible. We don't know. Nobody's taking credit for it. Maybe they'll like laugh about it afterwards. Uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get a tweet soon. So we're like, like, Sorry, it was me. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't have any fireball, but I do have and I think Jamie so I'm gonna do this shot for both of us because you don't have uh I don't own any flavored whiskeys, unfortunately. <laughs> so you are going to do too. I own, so I, I do have Fireball. So uh, I don't have Fireball, but I do have Tennessee Fire. Now, Tennessee Fire is, of course, from the Jack Daniels Jack company. Jack Daniels. Uh, very, um, <laughs> Tennessee Fire is their uh, competitive Fireball um product um i have this because i remember last year at new year's uh you know every year i have a new year's eve party and 
you know, there's always like a bunch of people that show up and people bring drinks and sometimes friends of friends come and there was like somebody brought a bar a bottle of, of this Tennessee fire. And um, I believe they heard that I was a whiskey writer. So they're like, oh, I'll, I'll just bring over some whiskey, which is a great idea. Uh, and it was Tennessee fire. And I remember Jamie and Trent kind of came in and they're like, hey, Mark, what's, what's with the uh, Tennessee well, where fire? Where did that come from? Are you changing tune? Or it's, what's going I'm just on? yeah. I was. We were a little taken aback, given that you're such a whiskey snob. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> all but, right. You know, it's. I think, and if I am, tell me if I'm wrong. That bottle in your cabinet is. It, you took the cork out of it, or it had no cork, so it's covered with plastic wrap. <laughs> That's very observant of you, Jamie. That am I correct. right? You are absolutely correct. Hilarious. Uh, we, uh, uh, because at the end of the night, I guess uh, some people, th- in the effort of cleaning up, threw out some corks, and so probably the, me. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. I think it's it's a it's a screw top anyway. Um, and so there was no top to it, and I'm like, well, this is sad. I can't like let this whiskey just have be opened just because it would smell up the place i haven't mm-hmm. thrown it out uh which was probably would have been a smarter idea and so now i have this yeah, tennessee fire with with yeah it was meant to so be it, it was, was just meant, meant to, to be, be that you were supposed to get that shot in give her so fireball fan which and uh brody jw here's to you thank you for rating the podcast cheers. cheers thank you guys cheers mark taking one for the team <laughs> well done Hey, how'd that go for you? A little little rougher going down than I expected. Really? Oh, I need a lot of water. Yep. Yep. Probably a good idea. Excellent. Um, And so another sort of shout out uh, that we can give is to Ben over at A Drama Day. And uh, he has a YouTube channel uh, where he's doing uh, 366 whiskeys. Um, a drama day, literally a drama day. Um, and he gave us a shout out, um, on his YouTube channel and, uh, he's a listener and, um, yeah, he, he wasn't certain. Well, first he was like, I don't know if they're American or Canadian. So <laughs> we're Canadian. We are. Um, uh, you know, given the, the sad state of the, the whiskey that we can procure here in Ontario, um, that was a dead giveaway that we were in in Canada, not America. Uh, and second of all, we are not a couple. No, no, no. Um, we are each married to different people. So, uh, <laughs> but we're best buddies. So, yeah. Um, but he was lovely to give us a shout out. And uh, so we're going to give him a shout out as well. Uh, a drama day. Uh, you can find his website. Uh, it's a dramaday.tumblr.com. All his videos are up there. And he's actually raising money for uh, the Children's Heart Surgery Fund. And this is in the UK. Um, so feel free to go over and uh, give his stuff a look through. Um, he's great. He's He knows his whiskey stuff. And, uh, and we wish him the best. Well done, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Well done. And keep on going. Absolutely. We'll keep watching. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Um, so uh, moving on, uh, I guess we should talk about tales. 
Yeah, I'm curious to know how debaucherous the whole thing was since I wasn't there. So I had to live vicariously through Mark's. Well, it, your uh, Snapchats were like, your your Snapchat game was like a little strong in the morning. And then it sort of like petered out. And then I was like, oh, he's he's given up on Snapchatting. <laughs> he's too drunk. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. um yeah, I mean, I think New Orleans uh, is the perfect spot for Tales. The uh, the event, um, if you're not familiar with Tales of the Cocktail, it's an annual event. Um, almost, you know, it, all the bartenders from the world, every single one of them, uh, go to Tales. Uh, that's not true, but so many bartenders go to Tales that, like, a city like Toronto, for example, has a little short a shortage of bartenders at the bars. Yeah, we do. Um, and it's it's like it's not the same going to bars in Toronto because that's how many bartenders go. Um, the show is primarily sponsored by the booze industry, so rum, vodka, whiskey. You have big big sponsors coming in. Diageo's, uh, I believe, a big sponsor of that in in some forms, and they throw events and parties. And um, and everything else. Um, my and you know I'm on the I'm on the media list, which makes it a little different because um, the classes. Um, you know, you still have to pay for the classes, or you can be on standby. But mm-hmm. the big difference is you just get so many invites to everything every day. Um, I had I had my days typically started about ten thirty, and I did some uh, work. I did some interviews. We've got some great interviews that we're going to have in future podcasts. Um, with whiskey makers and brand ambassadors and distillers and uh, and the whole bit, um, and so I was doing a bunch of interviews, and then the evening basically starts at six with you know three to six o'clock p.m. Uh, with you know a pool party at three. Like oh, I like pool parties. Okay. So you go to a pool party, and that's 3 p.m., and then at 4.30, there's the pre-dinner lounge drinking event. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like pre-dinner lounge drinking. That's great. Yeah, so I'll go to that. So you go to that, and you're kind of like the nice hotel loungy bar, and you're just you know, giving you like bullet bourbon five different ways in different cocktails. I'm like, oh, this is nice. This is really great. Okay. And then, you know, then there's, um, then there's like uh, another event afterwards sponsored by yet somebody else. I think it was like Bacardi or something like, oh, okay, this is Bacardi. They have food. Oh, this is great. So you, you drink a little bit more and you eat a little bit more. Um, then there's the 9 p.m. party. That's really when the partying starts. Mm. Yeah. And so you get an invite for a 9 p.m. party and then a 10 p.m. or a midnight party. Wow. So every day uh, there's a midnight party that I that that you'd go to, and you know everything's free, um, everything's uh, provided for. Um, the parties are pretty wild, uh, you know, like you just kind of every just no you know no expenses spared, I guess. And was, so, what was the best party? Like, who had the best party? Um, Grants did a really great party in a theater. Um, they. Uh, and unfortunately, I missed the early part. But this, this was the hardest party to get into. I I had the invite of invites, and I, sh- you know, Nicole and I, uh, you know, Nicole, my now wife, we, we show up there, and I had the invite of invites, um, and had my name on the list. Like I had everything to get in on this party, uh, but we showed up a little late. Like they said, get there for eleven. We're like, oh, okay, but we were at another party, so we got there at eleven thirty. Right. And I go to the bouncer. I'm like, I got this ticket, and I'm on the list. And the guy's like, yeah, back of the line. I'm like, but. <gasps> But he's like, yeah, that's that's the line. That's the, the VVIP line. You go. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> if you didn't have tickets to the event, you weren't even going to get in, right? Yeah. Um, so it didn't matter what list you were on. Didn't matter anything. And I think um, it, all these all these parties are overbooked, right? So they, right. you know, have room for seven hundred, but they'll invite fourteen hundred people or or whatever. So if if you happen to go to the good good party, you're it's it's tough to get in either way. 
So we missed that they had a like a, a choir group that apparently sang beautifully in a theater uh, among among the among the crowd. But as you walk in, you're you're basically in a theater at the very front. They're doing kind of a Cirque du Soleil thing on the stage. And then they have a band that's just walking the crowd and, you know, singing on different parts. Like the, the guitarist is on one side, the drummers, well, the drummer's stationary. But, you know, everybody, all the band members are kind of walking around the crowd, chat, you know, singing with people. Uh, you know, we ended up being in the, like the mezzanine floor and we're just having a great time. Like it's just, you awesome. know, really, really nicely done. Uh, so Grants did really well. Uh, actually, all the grant parties were pretty good. Cool. Some That's tiki awesome. parties. Yeah, yeah. I love tiki. I love tiki stuff. So what? Well, and so out of all the, um, out of all the sort of classes, I guess, like master classes, did you have one that was that sort of stood out? So I think my favorite one was uh, had the author of Proof, uh, Adam Rogers, and uh, uh, owner of Civil Liberties here in Toronto, uh, uh, Nick. And, uh, you know, it was uh, about basically uh, hospitality and the bar scene and different ways of, you know, having a community within the bar. Really great points from that. One of them was uh, that bars used to be, you know, bartenders used to be a respected member of the community. You had the one or two bars in a small town, and you would go to the bartender and kind of do that very traditional, share stories with, talk to um, places. There was, uh, and how that kind of has changed over time. Um, you know, it wasn't very kind of. It was very interesting to kind of see the bartender's uh, point of view on hospitality. Uh, really great show. I think the, the bartenders really enjoyed it. That's a, that's a really interesting thing because I was watching a movie on Netflix called The Irish Pub. Mm-hmm. And sort of along the same lines, it was basically sort of looking at um, the like old school Irish pubs that have been there for a really long time and who runs them and the patrons and like what the um, the relationship between like the bartenders and their patrons and and the bars and what sort of how much they um, sort of contribute to the community. Um, It was fascinating. So again, like that, that idea of like, which we don't get a lot in the city. I mean, we do. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Like you, you can kind of go either way. Like I mean, you you don't have to have a local um, living in the city. Like essentially, like there's within you know stones throw. There's 25 different spots. Um, but also like um, you know you you sort of over the years like we have found like a local. But then sometimes the bartenders go right. to other they bars. Leave. <laughs> and they go and then you're like, no, because again, there's within a stone's throw, there's, you know, 25 different bars and, you know, new places always opening up um, and other places shutting down. So, um, you know, having a spot that is like sort of like a linchpin in the community is, is sort of an idea that uh, doesn't exist sometimes in the city. And if you can find a spot that does, and, you know, sometimes in the older, more established like places in Toronto, um, you can have that where, you know, the bartender's been there for many, many years, or it's a place where you can sort of go by yourself and sit down at the bar mm-hmm. um, and have a, a conversation with the bartender, you know, someplace that's comfortable and, um, you know, not... That, that suits you. You know, not everybody wants to go to a Bay Street spot that, like, you have to wear a suit to. Um, and, yeah, it's, so it's a really fascinating um, movie. So, but again, sort of sort of similar to what you were 
just talking about, but I highly suggest it. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, a lot of it was was probably lost on me. Just you know, I've I've never been a bartender, but um, just the amount of thought and science they they've put into it. Um, uh, one thing uh, you know, apparently, bar, you know, bartenders um, have issues with is um, is is empathy exhaustion. Where I'm probably using the wrong term, but uh, you know, you're constantly making eye contact and constantly talking to people. And, you know, this can be very draining, um, you know, very draining. So one of the tips they shared is um, if you do have a job that's very service oriented, that you're making a lot of eye contact, um, the brain's really great at detecting when, whether or not there's direct eye contact. However, if you stare at somebody's like between their eyes at their nose, that is like the one spot you can stare at where the brain will be fooled into thinking you're making eye contact. The whole idea here is just to kind of let yourself have a break from, you know, uh, from that part of your brain that starts going nuts when you're when you're making eye contact. Um, Fascinating. Yeah, um, Adam Rogers. Uh, so uh, you know, you, Jamie, you've talked about proof before. Uh, really great book, um, a must read about uh, the science of booze. Um, Adam comes up there and says, you know, we need to stop thinking, stop uh, thinking as though alcohol is bad for you. And you know, he of course meant like you know in that couple of drink range. Right. Um, but the point he made was um, why. Um, you know, what are we better off doing? Are we better off um, sitting at home uh, playing video games or being on the internet for three hours? Or are we better off going to a bar and having two drinks? Mm-hmm. And he goes, this is very understudied, um, but, you know, if you look at other studies that show so- the importance of socializations, the those fireballs are taking over. Uh, if you're, you know, the importance of socializing um, has really, um, you know, that, that, that's an important factor and it, you know, it makes us healthier and live longer and everything else. Um, so he talked a little bit about how, you know, we're not, we, all we think about when we think about booze is, you know, what happens when we drink too much um, and ab- abuse. Mm. So much of the research goes mm-hmm. to alcohol abuse, not necessarily, well, what about, you know, healthy the, right. the health benefits like with, you know we, we've talked about those articles that are like oh it's good for your heart you know whatever the, the, that, right moving a lot away from the kind of that bs but more so like the psychological benefits of um of having a couple of drinks and being at a bar you know right and, and being social. around people right exactly so i mean you know you're i think you're probably absolutely right this is great point because you know if you have somebody who's a little older maybe and let's say like lives alone on his own or on her own and doesn't get doesn't you know have a lot of friends but has her or his local pub um right around the corner and that is where they go you know to like to get that much i mean you do it's it's not good to be in isolation it's not good to you know stay inside all the time and and yeah yeah. Whatever gets you out of the house, I guess. Like that, yeah. I think that's great, and to have that sort of interaction to have people that know you and like, you know, and your regular buds at the bar. Like, I think that's nice. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really it's uh, it was an interesting uh, interesting session. Um, I tried to get into the Lugavolen session. I, I was not able to. There was a, you know, uh, there was a ses- session there where they were doing like pouring Lugavolen from the 30s and 40s. Whoa! Uh, I know, I know. You, you know me. I was like, oh my god. But I, I just did. Fascinating. It, basically, if nobody, um, if people don't show up, you can walk in. Um, uh, but you know that one. 
everybody showed up. People showed up. Yeah, yeah they yeah. they got they got up for that one for sure. Uh, the Elijah Craig one was great too. When we uh, they gave us a bunch of sing- single barrel samplings of uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and we got to um, we got to mix those. Yeah, so those are some of the uh, some of the highlights uh, from that standpoint. Um, the events were great. Uh, I was on a chat group with a bunch of uh, bartenders and bar owners from Toronto, um, and basically everybody was like, "Oh, you know, I'm at this party drinking this," and then somebody else is like, "Well, I'm at this VIP." party and then somebody else is like and i'm on a yacht <laughs> <laughs> and you're like damn it i'm not on a yacht what's going on oh my god <laughs> it uh, sounds exhausting it sounds simply exhausting i would need many days of recovery for sure yeah for sure it, yeah it was it was fun it really was um you know it was a lot of fun and um, definitely, you know, definitely an event to check out next year. They, um, you know, they, like I said, they do these every year. Um, it's right off of Bourbon Street, so you're right there in the middle of it all. Um, and just a lot of great opportunities. And, you know, I'll talk more about kind of the people I met uh, as we as we post interviews later on. But I uh, really just met some great, great whiskey makers and owners. And uh, really wonderful to speak to you all that uh, are also listeners. Uh, so thank you for that. Excellent. Excellent. Mm. Well, are we going to talk about this Diageo disaster? They have gotten rid of their Masters of Whiskey, uh, which uh, are the same as their ambassadors. It are their ambassadors. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a good question. There's um, some some of them are ambassadors, and the rest are whiskey educators. So some take kind of very ambassador role. Um, and I guess it's just, you know, it's a hierarchy, whereas the, the younger members would be just in an education role. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I think maybe as consumers, uh, we don't necessarily see this program take effect. But a lot of the, the a lot of the work that they did would be in uh, conferences such as Tales of the Cocktail. <laughs> you know, I, I met a, I met a couple of ambassadors uh, there. Um, and, um, and also just, you know, like bartenders. So if they would go to bars and educate people on, uh, whiskey and scotch and why scotch, you know, the differences in scotch and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so they decided after, so the man who, uh, created the program who worked for Diageo passed away. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they sort of, um, got rid of the program shortly afterwards. Two days. Two days. Two whole days. Wow. Yeah. And, and um, fired, including his son, uh, Gregor. All right. It, I mean, okay. So the thing is, the thing that I always think of is how important ambassadors and education is for me personally in my own sort of like journey. Um, you know, I, I, we depend on those ambassadors to – um, be the sort of piece of information, like the to provide the information between you know us and the distillery. So uh, they have given us like so much information, and and they're like the face of the organization. And they, you know, they it it's kind of um, you you really do start to like think of them as one and the same. Like, you know, we've had Matt Jones on here before. Matt Jones is Jim Beam in Canada. Like he is Jim Beam in Canada. And it's important to have that person, a touchstone that you sort of can go back to. Because I know know from reading um, some of the articles that they have, they're going to outsource their program to a luxury um, company that does this sort of thing. But sort of 
what probably will be missing from that is the the touchstone so that you know when it's outsourced you know you don't have that person that has you know that deep passion for the job that they're doing they're just sort of filtering information Mm -hmm. um they don't work for the company specifically they don't have anything personally invested so you might miss out on a little bit of that magic that sort of happens when you've got somebody that you can go to who's been to the distillery who's worked at the distillery who's you know invested in this company so i'm i I, it's a bummer man yeah, it, it's it's amazing, you know, how, uh, you know, I mean, a company is just disregards the importance of education in uh, this area. And I mean, it's also, you know, one of those things where it's, you know, you have here, you know, uh, 40 highly skilled um, individuals that love talking about whiskey. And I think the one thing that we all, when we talk about whiskey, we go to a lot of these events and we have ambassadors. And, you know, Jamie, you and I also do our own events where we, we uh, uh, pour and, and talk about whiskey. We all learn from each other. The the importance mm-hmm. of, like, you know, Matt Jones and uh, Nicholas and, you know, some of the other mm-hmm. uh, ba- brand ambassadors we have here, Marcio, they, you know, I, I can keep going on, Beth. Like, it, there's so mm-hmm. many here that have done a great job. They travel. They travel to Scotland. They travel to Kentucky. They bring back stories um, and a connection that we don't have directly necessarily with those mm-hmm. distilleries because, you know, you might have been there once and that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's it. Um, so they bring that connection and the way they talk about the whiskey. We all learn from each other how to talk about whiskey, how to, you know, um, facts and, and, and things like that. So, you know, as one person put it I, on, on my Facebook feed, they were like, you know, this is one of Diageo's redeeming uh, places in the bar industry where, you know, they they came in and they provided their staff with education. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that's gone. Like, that's, that's a yeah. program that's gone. They're moving towards a luxury model. And so when they talk about luxury, they're really saying, you know, they're going to throw, uh, you know, uh, they're gonna look at more kind of luxury point of view going to luxury magazines trying to build up the brand more so than the whiskey itself so they're going to talk about more about the 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 value of the mm. brand um you know we've seen this right. with the hague series with you yep. know johnny walker this is this is yep. not a new strategy for diageo yep yep and it, i mean like are whiskey nerds really going nuts over the hague club stuff and johnny walker like you know i i i i don't know i just it's it's one of those things that it also perplexes me when i see this happening and maybe i just don't understand it but i've done tastings where these people have you know some some attendees or whoever they they have all these incredible bottles in their collection hundreds Mm -hmm. hundreds of really expensive stuff that they got from japan duty free all over the world um but they can't answer the question, what, what is a single malt? Yeah, yeah. And or they'll come up and say, and I'll say, well, this is the you know Glenfiddich uh, Solera. So we've taken three whiskeys. Oh, it's a blend. I don't drink a blend. Right. Well, no, right. it's not a blend. And, the, and then they'll tell, they'll proceed to tell me that they only drink single malts. That they have this expensive one, and that, and but they don't know how it works, like functionally, like what, what they're drinking, like. Mm-hmm. And I tried to explain, well, no, it's a single malt. And he's like, well, you said it was a combination of three different ones, and so that's a blend. And I was like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> no! Flip a table, throw a bottle against a wall. Like, it's not. It's so important. Like, you know, it's it, 
yes, it's great to have expensive bottles, but like, do, do you know why you paid so much for that bottle, sir? Like, do you know, <laughs> you know, I'm, it's nice that you're telling me all about it. Like, especially the price over and over and over again. I've, I heard you the first time, but like, I, 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 I why would you pay that much for a whiskey if you didn't know what was in the bottle? I yeah. guess just I mean well, and that's their it's audience. just me I just exactly and you're right and I just don't understand it as like a a whiskey nerd as someone who wants like I wouldn't spend that much on a whiskey I might have if I didn't know any better but like I get I don't know it just yeah it's a bit frustrating I guess it's just because uh, the I mean the whole point of whiskey to me again a ranting opinion is just you know it's you're supposed to have a connection with what it is that you're drinking i think mm-hmm. and it like the connection with what's in the glass the connection that you're making around the table with your friends it's all supposed to be there but if so i just think it translates if you if you are really into whiskey and you want to nerd out about it like we do it does create this little sense of community and I don't know, it is part of like the fun of it and the magic of it is like talking about what's in the glass and why it's so special and why it tastes the way it does. And then, you know, getting rid of your ambassadorship program and the people that sort of start facilitating those conversations in your community for that brand, they're gone. Yeah. And that's a, it's a, it, it, like I said, it's a bummer. It's a total bummer. It's a bummer these people lost their jobs. Yeah, it it really is. It's um, you know, and, and apparently some of them I, I can apply to the the um, you know the luxury uh, brand, but you know mm-hmm. how this is going to work. I mean, you're, they're going to be working for a new company. Who knows what you know? Like it's going to be different. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of people think um, you know that ambassadors. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough work. It's it's a tough job. You know, yeah. we we know they travel a great deal. They're constantly, you know, when a company sends a brand ambassador to a city and they spend, you know, the money to to, to fly him or her there and put him up in a hotel room and and pay mm. for their food, um, they are working in some cases from eight o'clock in the morning till you know ten p.m. or midnight. Uh, these are not, you know, these these are not easy jobs to make, and they're constantly just educating, right? So it's they're either batching drinks or uh, or providing education to bar staff, or you know, making or doing VIP dinners with you know good clients, or or you know, they're always doing um, a very tough job, and um, and the whole key of that is the education. And so, mm-hmm. like you said, I think I think you nailed nailed it, Jamie. Though I think Diageo looked at their clientele, like you know what, this is our clientele. They don't want to know. They're just like whatever. We've we we I spent three hundred dollars on Johnny Walker Blue, and I yeah. am happy. That's yeah. it. Or green, whichever. Yeah. Blue. Yeah. Blue. Um, yeah. And and that's and that's you know maybe the Agios like decided that that's their clientele and that's who they're going after and uh, you know, but it you know but it is a loss to the community and because of the sure. you now don't have forty people walking around, sorry traveling to bars and educating staff. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's short-sighted as well because I think Diageo mm-hmm. hasn't been doing very well in this, in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, Diageo, you know, famously, I, I should bring out my famous quotes that Diageo has Oh, boy. Said. You have a folder of them. <laughs> I, I do. I really do. <laughs> um, this is the company that, you know, uh, three or four years ago said, you know, single malts, they're really just a byproduct of our blended products. It's really blended is where the, the whiskey's at. And then we kind of sell whatever's left over a single malt scotch. 
my God. I mean, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's right. basically the quote. Um, they, they are pretty good at the controversial statements, right? Like, they sort of, like, relish these controversial statements. Yeah, yeah, they really do. Um, and, and so, and of course, um, that was four or five years ago, and then Johnny Walker's sales were tanking um, mm-hmm. very heavily. Uh, they lost, like, something like 12% in certain markets. Uh, and they've returned back of uh, hmm. recently, which my guess is maybe, you know, they've tested, oh, let's let's look at Johnny Walker as a luxury product. Because remember, they, they had that whole stating, oh, you know, Johnny Walker's craft. It's a craft whiskey and da-da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, people want an open and honest uh, uh, conversation. And so we're going to be open and honest and fully open and say we are a craft. <laughs> and just like, mm, not really the point. <laughs> I it's not even the right it's like it's not even the discussion point it's it's you know uh it's not not to say that making whiskey isn't a craft and you know i i prefer you know like but craft is generally used to describe a smaller distillery yeah Um, it's it's not my favorite term for smaller distilleries but it's a loaded term that's for sure it's a we've had we've had entire podcasts like you know dedicated to what is craft and we still haven't managed to like figure out a definition Right. So we'll, we'll we'll never really maybe settle on something that feels comfortable, but it feels to me that if any, you know, whiskey was to call themselves craft, uh, Johnny Walker would probably be the last one allowed to do it. <laughs> well, certainly <laughs> on that list of, yeah. Um, I can think of 10 other distilleries that are huge that could easily call themselves craft better or more than Johnny Walker. I don't know. I don't well, know. And, I mean, you know what? And maybe they are, but they, they never show us that, right? Like they never, right. they never come to us and say, oh, like here is, you know, here's our blending process. Here's this, here's that. They never, no. they, they don't provide you with that information. So I think the, 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 the dumbest part of that statement by Johnny Walker is you, you fine. You can, you can say, you know what, this is craft whiskey. It's da da da. That's great. But you're a big company. Show us. Um, yeah. Uh, don't just give us an ad with a guy walking down between barley and uh, in a barley field and da right. da da da. Right? That's not. That's not it. Um, yeah. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting uh, moving forward. I think um, it's gonna be really well. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know, and just it's it is kind of a bummer, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things go for them. I mean, I guess. Of all the brands that I can think of, you know, uh, they their presence in that sort of like in the in the whiskey world, from what I've seen, is a little is a little more hands off than you know some of the other brands. Um, yeah. So you know, with the other brands. I, I can I can probably name at least one person that I know that sort of works or represents the brands mm-hmm. at least in Toronto for sure but like mm-hmm. otherwise even you know I can you know I recognize the brand ambassador that works in the UK from Instagram for Glenfiddich I know you know like but their brands sort of don't really have that maybe personal touch I mean, they they got Ron Swanson, I guess. That's like, that's on for sure. Yeah, they kind of looked into that one. I wonder if they nixed his program. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, they walked into that one. That was uh, that was a good one on their part. But it was, yeah, yeah, that was an interesting one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there you go. 
there. Yeah. You can uh, let us know what you think on Twitter if you want. Although I'll imagine that no one's terribly happy about this happening. But there you go. Um, you know, speaking of brand ambassadors, uh, mm-hmm. Wild Turkey. Now, I'll pref- uh, you know we'll start this out with saying oh, Wild Turkey Rare Breed is the like we recommend a lot of whiskey on this podcast yes Um, we do we do and and i feel like wild turkey rare breed continues to be the one we hear about the most it's like you know you talk about you know we we always mention all this whiskey and then we have so much feedback like wow never thought to get rare breed and then i bought it and it's amazing and so uh really uh really always great to hear those shout outs um but they they hired a new a new celebrity uh, creative director, I believe, is what his title is. Now, now, Jamie, you said you were not considered for this position. Is that, that no was, one uh... even thought to call me? Wow, wow. no one even thought. After all this, sh- this, this talk on this podcast, how much I go on and on about wild turkey, how many wild turkey eighty ones on ice I've ordered in a bar, <laughs> no one even thought to to reach out. Anyway, so Matthew McConaughey got the job, and I didn't. So. <laughs> There you go. Uh, So, yeah, so they've got, you know, this whole thing that just came out and uh, this little video and like, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy and Eddie are in it, which like obviously I loved and like Jimmy's so sweet. He's just so adorable. I love him so much. But yeah, um, I was just like, oh, and it's it's just it's I enjoyed the video because I'm a sucker for wild turkey. I thought it was, you know, it's at the distillery. Everything's cool. Like you can see that beautiful big window with yeah. you know, that bridge out the back. Like it's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, but you know, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say. I just don't know what to say. I you wish know, it was me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually okay. But let, let's talk serious about this. Um, so far, I think so. We we've seen these celebrity endorsements um, are interesting because you have celebrities that don't necessarily, you know, don't necessarily do a lot of, um, you know, aren't necessarily known for whiskey, um, right. and they all of a sudden are endorsing a distillery, right? Um, but here, I, I love the idea of a creative director, and the I, I think that the six minute movie video is it really nicely done. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. It's uh. You know, it's a bit heavy handed. It's like, well, Matthew McConaughey's parts are a little heavy handed. Like, it's a bit dramatic. It's right. just like slow mo walking, like talking. Like, I was just like, okay, I get it. Right. Um, but I mean, I don't know what a creative director, I don't know what his role actually will be. Like, what a creative director, like, my husband's a creative director at an advertising agency, but I don't think that they have the same job. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. That's a very, very good Um, point. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what comes next. Cause you know, we've seen, we, like you said, we've seen celebrities as brand ambassadors or, you know, doing endorsements for uh, distilleries before Mila Kunis did uh, Jim Beam. Mm -hmm. And so just, uh, but you know, I think I saw her in one commercial. And yeah, I haven't yeah. really seen anything else. So it'll be interesting to see if anything else, if there's like, if they keep it going, and if you know he appears, you know, in a YouTube video series or you know whatever, however he decides to creatively direct this campaign. But I guess it sort of like fits. Like they just did a redesign of their labels. Um, you know, it's like. In, just previous to that, I mean, their whole distillery is relatively new. So, I mean, it looks like they're they're freshening up their brand a little bit and mm-hmm. just, 
you know, good for them. It's good stuff, and I'll still buy it. So <laughs> no, if, they, if they would it, bring it more of it to Canada, that would be great. I know. Promises, promises there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so no, funny. No, it's true. I mean, uh, and Wild Turkey 81, like you said, really great to have on ice. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it is. That's I think that's the drink you introduced me to, Jamie. You're just like, this is it. Like, if you go to a bar, Wild Turkey 81 is a cheap yeah. drink to have. Yep. And you just put a bunch of ice in it. It, it does works wonderfully with ice. Yep. Um, it's the way Jimmy Russell would have it as well, as you said. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the um, I think it's it's really it's a really interesting mm-hmm. uh, expansion. I would like to see more because I agree with uh, with Mila Kunis. There was that one video which was also re- really nicely done, like you know mm-hmm. the Kentucky Chew and all that kind of stuff was introduced mm-hmm. in the video. Um, but they didn't go anywhere after that. So, um, actually Matt Jones's photo where, uh, cause, uh, oh Mila, Mila, <laughs> there's a photo we'll put it in the show notes of, uh, Mila Kunis in kind of, uh, just standing in front of the, one of the warehouses and says Jim Beam in the background and, uh, our Canadian brand ambassador, Matt Jones, um, t- took the exact same pose. And I-, I think he did a pretty good job. I think he, he did a great job he nailed it. He at nailed recreating it. that. Yeah. He got the, the angle his of his head was perfect tilt just like she mm-hmm. was hands in the pockets like he did a great job i laughed a lot when he posted that <laughs> on instagram it's it's way back i think he did it when we were in kentucky last year so it's about a year ago yeah um but it lives on in my memory because <laughs> it's so funny i mean i would argue matt jones did even a better job because he actually looked a little bit more comfortable in his skin <laughs> um uh, where I don't know, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go with if I had to choose, I think Matt may have uh, may Whoa, have. Oh, <laughs> bold, bold, bold. That's so bold. Yeah, so we'll see Matthew McConaughey. I expect we'll see. to What's see next? you sitting in Jimmy Russell's chair next time I walk into the distillery. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if you walked into the distillery instead of Jimmy Russell it was Matthew McConaughey? I'd be like, excuse me, where's Jimmy? <laughs> you would, you would like who's this guy? Excuse me. It's nice to meet you, but where's Jimmy? Oh, so you're the creative director here. Oh, I understand. Well, I have a couple bones to pick with you, actually. <laughs> where's Jimmy? I just want to where's talk Jimmy? about country yeah. fried ham. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's great. Good for Wild Turkey. I'm glad they're getting recognition. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that that's been one of the uh, recommendations we've given. In, yes. Um, and I'll start with you, Jimmy. Wild Turkey Rare Breed. I'll start Rare with breed. Mm-hmm. It's just so appealing to me. Just a big <laughs> fan. Yep. Uh, so before we go, um, I just remembered this. There was um, there's video and like a Snapchat that you sent of to me of you sitting in the back of a very fancy car drinking the Macallan <laughs> at Tails. What was this? Is that allowed? It, so it is. Um, New Orleans has weird liquor laws, <laughs> and, and they probably shouldn't. They, they should probably just adopt the same laws everybody else has. Um, <laughs> but open containers, so there's two things about New Orleans. First of all, in the back seat of, I think, cabs, and I don't know, I don't think it really, I don't think it's policed very well, but I think in cabs you can just walk in with a drink because in New Orleans, in kind of the French Quarter and that, you can just walk out of the bar with a, with a plastic glass and you could continue drinking and you can go into a cab and continue drinking and go to the next bar and continue drinking um so the folks at mccallan had this very creative idea like we can't do this anywhere else so they got um got a maserati they rented a maserati for the day and they were like hey when they all of that was in the invite was like enjoy a rare whiskey and a rare car i'm like 
I like rare whiskeys and rare cars. This is great. I want to do this. Um, so I get there. It was a little rainy. Uh, there's a Maserati convertible with the top up, of course. And I get in there with, uh, with uh, Kieran Elliott, uh, McAllen's uh, uh, brand ambassador. Um, and so we get in the back seat of this small Maserati, and we have a chauffeur that drives us around through the very, very bouncy cobblestone streets of French Quarter. I mean, oh, you want to look at bad roads. I mean, these are not roads. People walk on these roads. These are really not car roads. Right. Um, so we're in this sports car with very stiff suspension. Oh, with boy. giant rocks glasses and they needed to be bigger because I kept spilling over because every bump just oh my god amazing uh, McAllen rare cast was going flying everywhere and and we're we're talking about McCall- actually we talked so little about McAllen whiskey yeah uh, Karen's got like a great sense of humor he's um, a TV personality and comedian uh, from the UK uh, he did some he did a travel show in the UK and everything else and so he's just like well this is my today I'm gonna be driving around this car all day oh my gosh do you know how much McAllen he probably got spilled onto his lap too he's probably just reeked by the end of the day oh I'm sure I, I was the first person of the day I guess somebody else drew this the short straw the day before um and they had a different car the day before so I, I was this, oh my gosh oh it was it was great um it was a lot of fun and uh and, and just more from the comical sense of i'm in a car drinking mccallan i know i saw that i was like what is this snapchat is he a moving vehicle oh my <laughs> gosh and it, it's not like it's a limousine where you've got no no this is like a backseat no, you're of just a the backseat of a car yeah car <laughs> it was really funny it was uh, really funny. New Orleans. Wow. Nobody does it like New Orleans. Um, Guess not. That's why, obviously why they have it there. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to go next year. All right. Well, uh, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening uh, to episode 68. 68. Yeah, 68. yeah you can... Um, uh can find us all over the internet we're there um i don't know i think uh, i'm thinking i'm moving on to instagram uh story video videos over snapchat <gasps> you're abandoning snapchat <sighs> i'm gonna keep trying i'm gonna keep trying to do both but like I it's just, a lot of work man i know i know and i feel like uh, instagram stories kind of does it a little more friendlier Ooh, than right. uh, snapchat because snapchat is just so weird to use it is a bit weird to use yeah for sure so uh, we can find you where on Instagram? At Mark Bylock. M-A-R-K-B-Y-L-O-K. I knew that already. Yes, you did. And you are at? Bourbon Thing. Absolutely. Um, guys, if you want us to do bad shots, uh, please do rate us on iTunes. Uh, it's very important to get those ratings, and it helps us out a lot. Um, maybe challenge maybe us to Maybe I'll do drink. one next time. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> but maybe challenge us to do a nice drink of scotch or, or bourbon. There you go. You know, just, you know, there you go. Throwing it out there. Um, Yeah, so that's it for the show. Thank you so much, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.